Welcome to the Ripe of Wisdom podcast. This is your host, Migs, with my other two co-hosts. Jose. And Jesse. And we're here today, and we're going to be talking about the harvest season in the winery. What we did, where we were working, what we were doing. And so that's what we're going to do for today. And what was your new, what was your role during this harvest? Okay, well, it's 2022, and the wine industry, we have harvest around August to September, and we're harvesting grapes, and every year there's different stories that happen in this mm-hmm. industry, and I, as a learning member of this industry, had my own <laughs> set of blunders, and so I guess it only makes sense that we talk about some of the things that happen. <laughs> That's the part of learning and growing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so the one good story I had this harvest is that I got Stuck in a ditch while driving a very nice truck, That's a Ford F one fifty. I was there allegedly. Too. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. The only people that saw were the people that um, saw it. All the people it backed was, up behind us. It was a uh, me, Miguel, and privilege. the truck driver. Yeah. <laughs> basically, the story goes like this: I have to go sample grapes for Silver Oak. We need to put grapes into bags, which then go to the lab. So, the way we do that is. I go to my F-150, I pack a bunch of Ziploc bags, I ask Jose to come with me to get things done faster, and so we're so, on our way. And like, do you have a, what are your tools aside from Ziploc bags, do you have a... Our hands. We have our hands yeah. for yeah. picking grapes, yeah. we okay. have... So no shears. No, no, no shears. shears, no. <laughs> and then, uh, you just have like... Like what, like a, a, a sharpie? Like, like, right you have a, like you have a work order that says pick the, these. Nope. Rolls, no, <laughs> no, it's a, no work orders needed. Just, just go. Say, someone says, "Hey, go to this vineyard. We need these grapes," and mm-hmm. it's just very straightforward. Okay, and is there a method to how? I mean, do you pick the first grapes you see, or how, is there a method to picking I grapes? Just don't think about it. I think is the the real method supposed to be a random sample so as long as you're kind of making sure you feel everywhere around the berry at some point you take a few berries from each cluster as you're walking by that's mm-hmm. awesome so you're just walking up and down rows mm-hmm. we walk up and down we pick between two to four rows to walk down and just randomly pick. Both, both sides of the canopy yeah yep just you want to get the shady side yeah. and the sunny side you yeah. want to get like a good like yeah a good sample size you know yeah it's fairly straightforward i think anyone can do it you just Mm -hmm. put some boots on and you and how long would it it take for you to pick like the say go go check this vineyard or this block i mean depends on the size of the vineyard Mm -hmm. there's some big ones there's some difficult ones there's some very tiny ones too. Isn't so. that the best part about the vineyard, though? You see <laughs> yeah. why they're like split up into so many sections. You're like, oh. I mean, I'm glad they're sectioned off because otherwise you would just always be lost in every vineyard you mm-hmm. ever go to. Yeah, yeah. If, but some don't have like good labeling, so you still can't get lost. And no, yeah. Like me and Miguel, no. <laughs> they at least give you a map or anything. Oh yeah, no. Okay. I feel like to do the job well, you just need to be able to read maps or be kind of aware of your surroundings and like how you got to where you were. Because <laughs> there's some there's some vineyards that are convoluted. And how many vineyards are blocks are you sampling on a daily basis throughout this harvest? Depends. I think sometimes we did like maybe like 20 blocks, 23 different ones. 
it, like it depends on the day. That's right. For those of you who don't know, Jose and Miguel were working mm-hmm. at the same winery at the same harvest, so yeah. they're gonna have some shared experiences <laughs> on this episode. Yeah, we were working at Silver Oak, by the way. I don't think we said. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's right. We worked at, we're, we're, we're just the, talking about the good days of Silver yeah. Oak. <laughs> and it was in Alexander Valley, not Oakland. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> These are strict yeah. Alexander yeah. Valley, Sonoma County experiences. If you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, tell me about your experiences. Like the first week, first uh, couple of days, you know I mean? You haven't worked out in the vineyard or like done field sampling in the past have you no not to the extent that i did like laboratory work yeah yeah so how was that transition well i like being outside there's actually something Mm -hmm. nice about walking the vineyards there's some days where it can get a bit repetitive but it's so peaceful sometimes it is definitely very peaceful and serene as long as you are aware of your surroundings as you go (laughs) Mm-hmm. Watch out! There could be rattlesnakes. <laughs> I mean, Miguel saw a snake. Yeah. I've seen I've seen one snake so far in the vineyard, and it wasn't a particularly dangerous one. But I, I'm still pretty afraid of snakes. I'll admit mm-hmm. it. You can I can do the job and still be afraid of snakes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, same here. That's how I feel at, at my work. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I know there's snakes, but I'm comfortable to walk it alone. Like, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, you take the risk. You know, yeah. and. Uh, you figure it out when it happens, I guess. I would mm-hmm. love a little bit more safety training on what to do with snakes, but... I was just thinking, ah, uh, like a, <laughs> a stick or like just something to, you know... I want to learn how to, like, like, if I see a snake, how to... How to wrangle them. Exactly. <laughs> I just want to know how to... If, if I'm ever in a situation like that, that I come out on top, you know? Yeah, my and co-workers st- killed a few, so... <laughs> I, I, if you want some experience I'm sure he'd be happy to show you <laughs> one of my coworkers, actually the lab manager or knowledgeist Bryce he said to carry a knife so <laughs> if there's a snake you can kill it yeah, he's I like mean, yo you don't bring a knife out to you in the vid you, you gotta you gotta have a knife man he's <laughs> like that's my man Bryce right there he's definitely built for the wine industry oh, he's like, definitely built for the wine industry <laughs> so outdoors I mean is it a lot of walking how what would you tell somebody a day in life is I'd say yeah in general the job is walking when I consider like what I'm doing all day it's and walking and then holding some sort of instrument yeah something like that and when you're taking these samples are you like staggering throughout the vineyard block in terms of like how far in, into the road you grab samples both sides of the canopy or is it just kind of yeah just try to be random about it. i don't think too to much about random. it yeah one of the things is you want to start like seven vines in or so because the outside yeah, yeah. The vines outside get can. more nutrients than the inner parts of the block so just making sure you go in deep enough to get a good sample of how most the main block is doing not the not the areas where the roots can kind of spread out a lot more because if you think about it all the outside vines get to spread their roots way more and so they get more of the nutrients and stuff yeah even a lot of consultants we hire for black pests throughout the vineyard he said the first 10 vines they don't really count because they just get the most nutrients it's not a good sample to take sometimes and you want to take from the middle yeah because that's the part that typically does the worst yeah. anyways so Man, a lot of walking. And so how's the data on that? Do you do any data work on that? Or is it just handing it off? I did do some data entries. So 
So for the grape samples, is the lab that does it. That does the parameter readings. So you bring Ziploc of berries to the lab? Yep. I would bring it to the lab, and then if I had extra time throughout the day, I would be in the lab just pressing yeah. grapes. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, did you do any other like work aside from VitTech, or was it all just VitTech? Just VitTech stuff. Yeah, no work, no lab. Very little bit of cellar work. Very little bit of lab work. <laughs> awesome. Who would you recommend this experience to? Anybody out there? Uh, I could recommend it to anyone in community college. Sign up, people. Just yeah, come work at Harvard. If you're like into ag, if yeah. you want to just come see how the process is behind the scenes. I feel like the work that I was doing, anybody could learn to do. If you have like a good mentor for it and i have to say my supervisor was a very good mentor as well so mm-hmm. shout out yeah shout out to allison bettis oh man that was great so we're, so how did you get in the ditch in the first place okay so the ditch story continued <laughs> i got stuck in a ditch because jose and i are going to a block at one of the vineyards that we have that has a one one lane road has a one lane road that means Cars go only one way or the other, and there's occasionally small turnouts, and if your truck is just, like, raised, you can pull out into small, not ditches, but they're, like, kind of, like, they're a little lower elevated, Yeah. but you can pull out to them and then just use your four-wheel drive to get back into the road. I've done that a few times. So... You need to have a car for that. If there's a smaller car and you have a four-wheel drive car, you're the one that's pulling to the side. If it's a bigger truck that needs the entire road, you're the four-wheel drive car, you pull to the side. So pretty much in every scenario, if you're the lifted vehicle (laughs) that has four-wheel drive and you're like in between small and medium you pull to the side it's always a respect thing it's like you're over you already look like the king of the road let us pass the thing about this one lane road is it's pretty busy for a one lane road there's a lot of vineyards and there's a few estates maybe some houses and the horse ranch i think that's actually the the busiest mm. one and they're the ones of all the big things that are going down the road too because they have the horses that are trailers yeah. and so it's a one-lane road. I'm doing my thing with Jose. We're listening to whatever. Mm-hmm. And we get to this part of the road where it's, well, it's still one lane. And there's like a six-wheel truck, big one, that's going by. And I'm like, well, we got to pull over. We got four-wheel drive. And I thought that the ditch was not as steep or like that far of a drop i didn't think it was that far of a drop uh, and uh, so i pulled to the side and i'm just like to jose like it's okay we got this because i have done ditches that are similar in the past and have been okay but this one was a, i just you know in the moment you think you're invincible with four-wheel drive and let me tell you always you're not but anyway so we get stuck in the ditch the truck driver the six-wheeler is looking at us just stopped in front of us as i try to like back it up go back in it's not getting out and then on top of that we've got a bunch of sedans that are backing up behind us because it's a one-lane road if 
traffic doesn't flow, it stops. And so we got cars lining up behind us. They're watching this shit. And then this six-wheel truck is just like, the dude pulls up. It's like, yeah, you're going to need a chain to get out of that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I thought I could get out of the four-wheel drive, but it looks like I got kind of stuck here. He's like, let me go get my chain. (laughs) I'm like trying to explain it to him, and he's just like, yeah, man, whatever. Let's get you up the road. (laughs) It's just so matter-of-fact. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, they're kind of like, I'm so sorry, and he's just like, let me go get my chain. Like, like... (laughs) seen this thing a million times. Everybody gets stuck in a ditch sometimes, you know? So he gets his chain. Luckily, Ford F-150s have like a little hook slot in the front. So it's very easy to pull out an F-150. At least for him it must have been. Because I would not know how to pull out any... I've never chained anything before. But this guy was an expert, let me tell you. Like, the farmers that work there in Sonoma County, they know their equipment. And so he pulls us out. And then he backs up into like a, a side turn area for us to go forward. So that's the whole story is uh, this guy basically saved my butt. You're listening to the podcast and you know, you're the trucker that was on Red Tail. Uh, or that was near Red Tail. But you were there and you helped me. Thank you. So that's, that's the whole story is he pulled out for us. <laughs> he rescued you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's when I learned that four-wheel drive doesn't make you invincible so if you get a four-wheel drive car just know it doesn't get you out of every situation just a lot more than others <laughs> yeah that's awesome how was your experience in that ditch Jose? Um, i was kind of scared a little bit <laughs> honestly because like it literally felt like i couldn't open my door i was gonna hit the, the ground oh shit on the passenger it felt like we were that slanted oh, like, wow <laughs> 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 Tell you not all ditches are yeah. Well, I thought it was just like a, oh you know I can't I got stuck in some sand some rocks some, no some dude moves. it was slanted. sideways <laughs> we we're sideways yeah. uh, let me tell you uh, I forgot to mention that yeah. part. <laughs> we were sideways <laughs> or almost sideways if you take the degree and angles what would you say what was it, a 45 degree? I mean, 45-ish. Wow, 45. Job, bro. For yeah. a car, it doesn't feel like you should <laughs> I was standing. I was thinking, like, worst case, we're going to have to open my door and just crawl out like yeah. a submarine, you know? <laughs> I'll be like, Jose, hold on. <laughs> so you guys were still in the car while he chained you up? Yeah. You yeah. Up? Right yeah. on. So he did all the work, too. Right on. This guy knew what he was doing. Yeah. He's like, yep, been in that one before. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was that. That's the story. So, what did you learn from that experience? Just the, the bigger truck pulls over. I mean, if you're the four wheel drive truck, you pull over. I think you just have to be able to make the split second decision of either pulling over or you can go reverse. And I've done that too. I just don't like to because it's annoying. Like, I've had to do that on the few vineyard roads where the grape trucks, you know, the ones that hold all the freaking grapes, those are going up to get the grapes. And let me tell you, they're not going to back up. Hell no. (laughs) That's your job. You're the four-wheel drive 
truck you're gonna go backwards and i've had to do that at big river a few times when i was at silver oak and i mean it's not too bad if you got a rear view camera on like a modern truck yeah any other experiences you've gained from that at the tech role that you see carrying yourself to the next harvest i mean just knowing more about vines than i did before i could show you diseased vines now that i couldn't before so you know that's something that is a new skill i did not have before this job what do you respect more about that role oh the walking (laughs) a lot of field work if you will just lots of getting from one place to another and uh, being able to withstand the hot sun when you're Mm -hmm. out there endurance to do it which is actually what's kind of nice about it too it keeps you fit you know how was your harvest jesse i'll go i'll go harvest 2022 i'd say it's still going because all the wines haven't been sulfured where did you work at jesse but i was at a winery in napa called signorello and right now we're under reconstruction so we still have our vineyard but our winery is getting rebuilt it was really just a lot of vineyard maintenance, a lot of supervising roles with the team. I felt like it all kind of came so fast, man. When I first got the role, I was told it's going to be a hybrid role, like half vineyard, half lab. So I was like, all right, well, what to expect? I don't know, but I'm ready for anything, right? So I was also put in charge of taking care of the crew of seven. Most of these workers have been in the field for about... 20 years, 15 years. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. one was 30 years, so about my age. So yeah. a little intimidating, but, you know, kind of new territory, if I may. Yeah. But you approach it head on and any tasks. So right off the bat, I was just data tracking, shoot growth, while the crew was working on dropping shoots and mm-hmm. suckering, kind of in a traditional hand. What is suckering? When you kind of clear up the trunks and you clear up any additional growth that's a little unnecessary and takes away energy from what you're trying to focus the shoot growth on. So we started there and then after that we started doing pressure bump checks. That was like weekly so I'd have to put out these bags and use this pressure chamber equipment and that, that was like a whole day's work of just sampling and mm-hmm. and what were you guys checking for we were checking for water potential mm-hmm. how much water's in the vines and how stressed out are they do they need some water and that's the beauty of irrigation is you can kind of control that no matter the weather mm-hmm. and that's i think a key factor though how we can grow so much and mass produce grapes and when would you water the grapes when it was stressed out when he was stressed out, but we're also monitoring for like spikes or anything. Like if it's constant, if it's warming up, then you don't want to shock it too much. So we'll give it like eight hours weekly, each block. Then as bloom comes and flower sets, and then next comes Verazon, those green berries start to get the color of purple and mm-hmm. you know those nice colors you see in grapes. Uh-huh. That's when we're monitoring for like just kind of tightening that that water window so i'm going from like really like heavy watering to like okay lighter on the water and maybe take it back two hours so eight hours to like six hours weekly and then once they start fully getting into full like 100 
80% Verizon. Then you start dialing it back. And then at 80% Verizon, we're doing one more petio samples, but then we're almost getting into ready to start doing berry samples like you were yeah. talking about. And that's all around July. And then the tail end, I mean, the, the early August, you're just kind of dialing them in, monitoring the bricks weekly and mm. kind of estimating how far ahead if you're going to pick in three weeks, in six weeks. And my boss told me that it jumps a brick a week. So kind of like 0.15 brick a day. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So you can kind of gauge it's at 18 bricks right now. Okay, like we got six weeks to prep. Mm. We got okay. We're at twenty bricks. Oh, we got three weeks to two weeks to prep. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, and then at that point, we start dialing back the water to like four hours, maybe even two hours, depending on if we're trying to stress them out and start getting those concentrations in the berries. Mm. And honestly, that was probably one of my funnest parts about the harvest was just kind of doing two hour shots of irrigation per block and kind of just running around all day just two hours here two hours there two mm. hours here two hours there and just kind of dialing it in all for like weeks on end it was like just giving it a shot of water just mm. kind of keeping that balance of like within the vine of moisture and um and then came organizing for harvest picks how was that since you like did you have to do the hiring process? No, uh, so we did a couple of trials in-house. We had the best of luck coordinating with other contractors, so we went with contractors we had known already mm-hmm. and had good past experience with. It's pretty intense, man. We're out there. It could be anywhere from 2 in the morning to 4 in the morning. How was the night picks? Because I know we were wondering, dude. <laughs> well, even like just prepping for the night pick was rough, mm-hmm. dude. What time? What time are you starting? Two in the morning, three in the morning. So let me backtrack a little. So we're like berry sampling. So let me decide, okay, we're picking Thursday. You got to organize equipment. You got to get your boxes clean, sanitized. You got to get your picking bins clean, sanitized. You got to go de-leaf all the leaves around the fruit. So it could be easier for the people who pick at night. So there's not too much like visibility and like obstructions and you're not cutting your hand. The fruit's more exposed and more visible. So we'll spend day prior just like prepping the block. We're gonna pick that next early morning, just deleafing it off, exposing the fruit, and then go home, maybe sleep. <laughs> Maybe sleep five hours, four hours, because you know you're trying to go to sleep at eight, <laughs> or you get an off at five, six, but you're trying to go to sleep at eight, nine. Oh my god! To wake up at one thirty. <laughs> Not even you gotta wake up at twelve forty-five because you know it takes you half an hour to get there, and you gotta go <laughs> open half an hour early and set up for the crew. So relentless, <laughs> relentless, right? And you know we have a small property, but it was still like just root like. On the body, it was just such a shock where it's like my eating have eating patterns was schedule was all off the charts. And, uh, <laughs> my sleeping schedule was just like 
on the weekend I was sleeping 12 hours or whenever I could you know yeah, yeah totally yeah, but I mean. the experience of night picks though is um, man I commend those workers and uh, people who just get up at these ungodly hours mm-hmm. that uh, labor of love type of uh, work with wine but um, so yeah so we have anywhere from 8 people to as many as 12 mm-hmm. pickers and we'll approach a vineyard 4 rows at a time so a tractor is in between the second and third row going down, right? We got the operator and there's about either two to three people per row and they're picking. Oh, as you go down? As you go down, right? So, and then we got someone following with the light tower to uh. provide visibility for the workers. Oh, because it's so dark. It's so dark. It's so the valley can get pitch black too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These valleys get dark, so... We're out there just can't even see nothing around you. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty intense. So one of my duties was definitely always trying to clean as many leaves out of the picking bin. We could make the processing job a little easier and cleaner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm riding in the back of the tractor that's hauling a trailer with two macro bins. And as we're going down these rows throughout the vineyard, you know, we'll stop and people will unload. And I'll just start sorting out leaves and just start cleaning them as much as I can. And then as soon as we get to the end, we'll just turn back around and hit the next four lines until we just knock it all out four rows at a time. (sighs) Or if we have more people and it's like a different approach we did this year with my boss where it's like we didn't pick certain vines that had virus. I flagged them. So we went back at a later time and the, the vineyard wasn't fully loaded with fruit so we approached it with six rolls at a time but it was great tactics so it's like and i think it's just passed down from forever i think that's just how people attack it so we organize a a grape hauler to be on site at six o'clock so you're trying to meet that deadline and you have all your fruit weighed out have your bill of lading ready for this small business owner helping you out at the moment, we're doing custom crush, so we take it to an off-site. And they got a model there where if you're not first, you're last. So if you're not first with your fruit weighed out, you might be waiting all day. <laughs> and just some of the experiences, you know, my supervisors had this year. Where you could just tell, like, there's some long nights just waiting to, to use the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> your fruit's just sitting in a cold fridge, and it's like, it's nothing you can do but just wait your turn. And... Power goes out midway or, you know, the stemmers go down. And then as soon as we pick, in my head, it's like, we got to get ready for next year. So we start injecting fertilizer through the irrigation line to all these vineyards. Because we've stressed them out to the point that now they're just hungry. Mm -hmm. Like My coworker compared it to like a woman giving birth. He's like, you got to give her these nutrients, get her back to full health. She's just gone through a lot. (laughs) <laughs> like, and you gotta look at these vines like that like, they just gave us all this fruit we took so much out of them like we gotta give back to them mm-hmm. so now it's like we inject fertilizer through the irrigation like, like I was saying we prep the soil by disking it turning the soil mm-hmm. some so we can dump compost in, in our case we're also dumping lime to give it a little boost right and also prepping 
the vineyard with cover crop seeds. There's still work to do, and like the seller side, it's just not as intense as I think any of our past harvests. Mm. <laughs> Definitely not Gunlock Landmark. No Silver Oak. <laughs> because of the small because operation. Was, yeah, the small operation. Great personal touch where I think the extra time is preferred. You know, be a little extra cleaner, take your time. Like, this is all we have. Right, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Let's, like, let's not just jeopardize any movement, any addition, and, like, let's keep it as as tight as we can. So it's a different mindset. It's like Landmark, but, like, just on the next level. Right. Because mm-hmm. Landmark was pretty strict. And that's why I'm glad Landmark was strict, so. In, like, what ways was Landmark? Landmark was just strict, like, where it was, like, double sanitized, uh, and, like, gas the lines, and they're just, like, they were on top of their topping. Even while they were just barrel fermenting that thousand barrels, like just mm-hmm. they were on top of there. They had you go spray it down how many times? Oh uh, shit with the hose a lot. Exactly. But it's like just mm-hmm. that that dedication to keeping things clean. We'd have to go through the barrels and see which ones didn't have bungs in them and then we'd have to put it back. Exactly. So it's kinda yeah. like that detail, but on a small scale where it's kinda like they'll take that extra time. And I think that's what I was hoping to get into. And then also my boss has me doing a lot of data tracking on cruise activities, where our resources are being allocated, and like where's our time being spent, how much time is being spent there. So at the end of the year, we can calculate how much these blocks cost of maintenance, and we can justify upgrade of tools or whatever, whatever we may need. So it's been a crazy experience, man. She also extended her network of friends to me, so... I got to meet a lot of her, like, scholar friends. and How was that meeting? Well, it was interesting because all they went into, I think, knowing was just, hey, here's my intern. Mm-hmm. Can you give him an hour of your time? Answer any questions he has. And I guess they were just all great friends with her. They were like, sure. Oh, that's, you that's know? nice so, to bring somebody in. So it's kind of like you're going in, like, just kind of blindly. But they don't know who I am. They don't know my background. They don't know. They just mm-hmm. know... I know Priyanka. Mm-hmm. And she sent me mm-hmm. here. So uh, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of intimidating at first just because I felt like I didn't know as much as they knew about like the theory side of everything. I was more just like field work. Yeah, yeah. Like field practice. But I still was just expressing my interest in learning. And I think that's what they kind of appreciated. But yeah, it's, man, I feel like it's just getting started. You know what I mean? Like, if there's anything I'd say I've definitely learned from this it's just team building and just like team confidence chemistry is key mm-hmm. it's like you can't do it as much as you try to take on by yourself or okay well just us three will take care of this we'll have the whole mm-hmm. rest of the crew just do this it's like you need spread balance and cross mm-hmm. training and you just need to be able to rely on the person next to you how was it managing people during harvest like I said like I, I, I came in, just mm-hmm. new experience. They've been there for years, so I kind of came off the bat. Like I said, I'm not here to babysit. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what to do. It's not like this is brand new. I'm just here to help organize and keep track. Okay, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna give you the trust, but don't abuse it. Otherwise, there's only so much I can help you with if anything ever hits the fan. Mm-hmm. But. You know, I felt like they kind of were testing me at first, you know, hazing me a little bit in a way, kind of. But I feel like anybody would do that to just some some new person. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I would do that to a new person. Yeah. Like, I don't know about this guy still. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, like, 
I still don't know about this guy. Mm-hmm. We'll see next month. Like, <laughs> will he still show up? Like, <laughs> will he still show up in this in this attitude in this form? Like, but <laughs> no, man. I'd say uh, just a respect for like just the vineyard and just the growing side that leads to, to just better resulting fruit in the after product. You know, like, yeah. That finished wine and it's not too manipulated. Not too many heavy additions. And- For this particular vintage with the Signorella, you can say I I handled a lot of the, the vines that made these yeah. grapes happen. Yeah, I'm going to be part of the blending sessions too. Like I may just be a fly on the wall, but it's like, I mean, I want to be part of those blending sessions and just learn how to build a finishing product. Mm-hmm. You know, with while you're in there, just kind of 10% here, 7% here. 15% and then your base is like a big 50% like you know how do you get to that final result like I wanna that's like I feel like I wanna master that craft blending yeah so mm. that's the goal man really blending you know so we can blend sour beers I'm telling you go, oh, go yeah. learn how to make some sour beers you can blend different sour oh, beers oh yeah man <laughs> I, I mean like I think the key is like sometimes they age theirs and then they yeah. put new ones with old ones exactly they one, do like, one with two that's like, how they do with like Flemish sours or Flemish like brown ale, red ales and they dry, and yeah like it's all like yeah. one year old two year old three year old blended um, <laughs> beer yeah I great. love it. It's fucking amazing. You gotta love yeah. sours. Yeah, sours but, are like wine making. But now nah, I think uh, you know I'm, I'm excited for what's ahead, and uh, I'm gonna just continue being a student and just being a sponge and just asking questions and carrying that little Brad, little bit of Brad with me. You know, it happens. It happens. Move on and don't take it personal. You know, if this is what you want to do. This is it. Like it happens and. We can move forward. Let's find solutions. Mm-hmm. Let's not dwell on a, a mistake. Or so, <laughs> gotta give it to Brad, dog. I yeah. tell you, yeah, Brad. He used to be our manager at Landmark. It happens, bro. It happens. It happens. <laughs> it happens. I think I'm done. I was like, was your harvest? It was pretty good. I started working in the lab for the first time at Silver Oak. Finally got my opportunity in the lab. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> It was pretty interesting. It's cool to see like a different side because I've only been working in the cellar. You know, it's definitely, I feel like, way less work a little bit. I mean, it's a lot of work, but like physically, it's not as bad. Not as demanding. (laughs) Yeah. Even though I did shovel out a tank this year. How did you feel your first day going in? Were you kind of like, didn't know what to do? I mean, I kind of felt a little. Like, I didn't belong, you know? Hey, I, mean, yeah. I felt like that my first day yeah. in the lab. I'm like, I made it here? Damn, how do I get myself in here? Like, <laughs> yeah, because I was kind of like, I'm like, shit, I don't know how to run the chem wheel, which is what we use to run for enzymatics and then the metro. Like, all the machines we had, there, it was like, it was all new to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt as well. Mm-hmm. You go into that lab and you don't know any of the equipment and... Mm-hmm. Whoever's there, you hope that they know how the equipment functions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, so. Bryce, the knowledgeist, who's my boss, he didn't know, and he knows his shit pretty well. Nice. So, you know, he taught me well, I think. Nice. So, like, uh, now I feel like like he's actually going to leave on next Wednesday. He's going to, like, 
go to a meeting and he's like oh can you run everything by yourself and i feel confident like yeah. i can <laughs> so what were like some of the first few things you learned in the lab how to run sulfur on our auto titrator i think that was like the first thing i learned <laughs> were you just doing tank samples no, because because it was bottling. The second day I was there, we were bottling. So walk us through a line of a bottling QC day. You were thrown in the fire, dude. I think my first day I was in the bottling line too. Like yeah, a couple of days. <laughs> so the first thing we would do is check the DO, so check how much oxygen was in the tank before yeah. they even started, and then and then the second thing we would do since it's the first day, we would check for ATP, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just check the filler, right? That fills, like, the bottles to see if there's, like, any okay. ATP on it. Any living matter you don't want going uh-huh. into the bottle. Yeah. You can spoil it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if it came out to zeros, then everything's all good. Zero or one, you know? Yeah. You just want a sterile environment before yeah. you bottle. Just, just double-checking, yeah. you know? Food safety. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, then when they started the line we would check the pressure in the in the bottle right the vacuum pressure the vacuum pressure and then after that we would just go through the line check if the fill height is right like the corks is being corked like evenly and then check the foils right check the label and then we'd also check the mark on the bottle to see if you had the right date and time and then check the boxes Make sure it also has the right labeling on it. Yeah. And then after that, I would check for how much wine is in the bottle. So we'd grab like four bottles. We would weigh out the empty bottles. And then after we weighed it out, we would put it back in the line. And then we would wait for it. And then we would take the bottles that are filled, weigh it. And then we would just like do a calculation and figure out how much volume is in the bottle. And then also check for the, how much the dissolved oxygen in the bottle. And then what else did I check? We would take inline micro samples, so later we could plate it and check if there's any bacteria growing in it. Mm. Which we ended up not doing this year because I think we couldn't get actual microplates for doing that. So like we couldn't check if there's shit growing, but we could. We did do that like. Because we would pull like a bottle and we checked the bottles and everything seemed all right. Like I actually did some microplating this year, so it was pretty cool. Which is just checking oh, wow. for bacteria in the bottle. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I've actually never done any microplating, so that's kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. yeah. It's basically the process is you have like a cylinder or a beaker, and then you have like a vacuum and you like suck it. And there's like these this cup and then you just pour the wine in there and you let it and then you pour like a I think it's like I don't really know what it is, but I just call it food for the bacteria, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And you just pour it on top and then you close it and then you just put it in the the incubator and then you wait like a whole week to see if anything grows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is there any you... biology on my plate? And, and, and you have to put like the badge to that to those pallets or what like that so we would just write like yeah we would just write the date that we pulled that bottle that way you can go back on that date and pull those bottles yeah because that's what i'm trying to get to like Mm -hmm. how can you pinpoint a recall Mm -hmm. no yeah and they they date everything at silver Mm -hmm. oak when we get things work orders coming in and things like that that's part of the whole audit process of uh 
the like tax part of yeah. a winery is uh, recording all of the things yeah. that you do, which is why if you own the very very small label like Bucket, you don't have to track any of that yeah. shit. <laughs> so how long was the the bottling line? So we ran from when I started in July up until September, the first week of September. Every day. Every day, yeah. How long? Oh, actually, not every day. Only Tuesdays and Fridays. Oh, Tuesdays through Fridays. Yeah. You'd be bottling yeah. for what, eight hours straight? Ten hours? They, so the How? cellar crew worked ten-hour shifts, so they would do ten hours. How long did an entire tank get bottled? Like, I think it took the full ten hours, or maybe nine hours. hours. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Those tanks are huge sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're pulled from barrels. Then we just put them all in the one tank and then bottle from the tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. so. so y'all send it through lines, right? Do y'all like test the lines or any like uh That's like, the inline micro sample, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't plate those. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I'm just thinking about it, like just that facility, how big it is and mm-hmm. transporting wine from one side to the other side, like out of barrels. Mm-hmm. So bottling, okay. So after bottling, what was next for you? Like doing the grape maturity analysis, which was basically just helping out Miguel in the field, doing samples, and then when I came back, I would process it. So basically, just smashing the grapes Smash and then taking the out the juice. <laughs> I did that too. So yeah, and then it. we would text for bricks, see how much sugar is in the juice sample, and then we would take pHTA see how much acid is in the berry sample and then after that we would run for malic acid on the chem well right. mm-hmm. and how many samples you're doing a day depends on the day sometimes 20 sometimes 30 you know yeah depends on which blocks came in that day oh, or from which vineyards because some vineyards have way more blocks than others nice mm-hmm did you feel like it was hard kind of keeping up with all the new information they were just throwing at you? I mean, not really. I mean, I feel like I was getting the hang of it. I mean, it, maybe it took me a while, but yeah. after a while, like, it, I did get the hang of it. You know? I, I'm just thinking, because, like, my first time in the lab, I was like, damn. I still felt a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. even after a month in there. I was just like, what do I do again? Nothing. I have to keep asking. That's well, how I, mean, I felt too. Like, I mean, I still have to. Like yeah. sometimes when I'm making reagents for the chemo, I still have to look up how much stuff I need to put in. You know, it's still better to be like yeah. I still have the manual out. Just kind of like oh, all right. Yeah, always good to double check. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Follow the instructions. You know, it's like I don't want to mess up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to remake my reagent and rerun everything. Exactly. You know? <laughs> you learn by just like, oh, I have to do this again if I yeah. mess up. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, with this lab experience, everything you had hoped for when you first started? I would say so, because now I feel like I have a better understanding on like what the winemaker is actually looking for and yeah. like how they make decisions off of those numbers. You know. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like, seeing certain numbers. Like, we had a tank that wasn't going down yeah, for res- residual sugar. There's still too much sugar in the tank. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so 10 grams per liter is a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
compared to a cellar harvest, you you rather take another lab harvest? Yeah, probably. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think physically I'm like, I can't do the cellar anymore. I mean, I can for the right, like if it, for brewing, you know? Like for, the right, do it. for the right place, I'll for still right do place. it. But, but yeah. I'm not doing it for no high volume place no more. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> for a winery, like that does a lot. Like like you said, high volume, nah, I'm good, yeah. dude. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, man. Mm-hmm. Anything else you get from that experience? Not in the lab. Not in the lab. Well, I mean, also sampling grapes is pretty cool. Getting out in the vineyard, you know, is actually kind of peaceful sometimes. I remember, like one time, Miguel, I forgot why you didn't work. Oh, I think it's for Soha's birthday. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just there by myself picking berries, and it was actually <laughs> hella cool. It was so nice out there. Yeah. And, like, you could meditate out there and be like, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes peaceful. it's cool hearing the eagles, yeah. like, and you're like, oh, shit, like, you're out here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 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 or, like, in Red Tail, there was also, like, you can see, like, boar, like, what what did they do? Oh, it's you like, can see the boar damage. The yeah. boar damage, yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, nature's crazy out there. And then I remember walking through Red Tail. Sometimes I'm like, I hope there's not a boar out here. Like, I do not want to like <laughs> deal with running into a boar right now. <laughs> It'll bring you to your roots. Yeah. You'll think of your ancestors yeah. when you're out there. You're like, yeah. you know what? We were out here in this yeah. land doing our thing, and then all of a sudden we got caught up in the complex like. Mm-hmm society that we live in and but before that we were just picking berries and hunting mm. animals <laughs> yeah man we were gatherers exactly. <laughs> it gives you in that gathering mindset yeah. <laughs> all right man yeah. i mean you want to do this rapid round mm-hmm. uh, what do we got uh i guess new favorite harvest meal oh oh new favorite harvest meal uh I mean, I ate a lot of mac and cheese and chicken tenders at Big John's, so that yeah. that was that was my new harvest yeah. meal. It's kind of an oldie but a goodie. So yeah. nice. I'd say definitely it's not a meal, but Gerbs helped out. Oh, Yerba Mate can sponsor this podcast. Yes. Let me tell you, yeah. we drink them. So. We even shotgun. <laughs> my new harvest meal was definitely a, a fruit smoothie. Every day, I couldn't get my day go right without a smoothie. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just Larry Jude style, I right? A smoothie. <laughs> uh, any new music you enjoyed this harvest or got you help get you through? Ooh, I mean, some just some classics, some Daft Punk. Uh, oh yeah, especially uh, what was it? What's that song? Georgia by yeah. Marauder. <laughs> Georgia by Morador. It's a classic. Yeah. That was classic. Yeah. On the Road Again. Yeah, On the Road Again <laughs> by Willie Nelson. Yeah, but those two songs, we yeah. made, it, made it through Harvest. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'd say uh, I'll definitely, like, mm-hmm. slow R&B. Just needed to sometimes just enjoy the vineyard for what it was. Yeah. And not try to rush it. So uh, I'll definitely just throw back Sade. Uh, some some new R&B some Brent Fias like uh, but mostly just just kind of chill I did throw in a couple Grateful Dead days you know mm-hmm. and, you know how to how to keep it a lot of reggae yeah. a lot of reggae <laughs> so 
It's just, uh, what was it? The right vibe for the right time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, like, new favorite harvest uh, beverage? Like, whether it be a different type of beer, different type of wine, a soft drink. I know you said yerba mate. But I have to think of something different. Yeah. Uh, I would say the there was that one drink we had in Petaluma. It was like by Humble Fog or something. It was like a blueberry cider or something. I, yeah. I'm just thinking about that one right now. So that's going to be my drink. I don't know. I drink a lot of coffee too. Dude. I'm thinking. I definitely just got back to like a lot of Gatorades. Yeah. Actually was buying some of those uh, liquid IV sticks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, they actually help out a lot when you feel dehydrated. You don't realize how dehydrated you're out there. Uh-huh. But also, like, missing salt and stuff, yeah. too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I guess those were, like, my new favorite drinks just because you want to feel good when you're walking eight miles a day and six miles a day and ten miles maybe once a week. But I just want to have energy to keep walking. You know? That's true. And mm-hmm. appreciating good boots. I definitely yeah. say that that was what I appreciated this harvest. Appreciating a good pair of boots. <laughs> yeah, so, that'll save you through any harvest. So shout out to Bose Footwear. You know, if y'all want to come sponsor Ripe with Wisdom. <laughs> Those Bridgewaters are amazing. Classic. <laughs> Worth every penny. <laughs> every penny would buy anytime. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> gotta yeah. get some. <laughs> <laughs> Muck boots will come in for you in the fall, don't worry. Yeah. You in the rainy, muddy season. <laughs> I just want to tell the folks, you know, just expect the unexpected if you plan on working a harvest. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of be open to change. Plans will change at any given second, any given minute. Yeah. Kind of just keeping a good attitude through mistakes mm-hmm. and learning how to find solutions. And then I would say also be prepared to do any job because one day you might be picking grapes and then on the same day working in the lab. So, you know, like how me and Miguel switched, you know? Followed by cleaning some drains. Yeah, Yeah, followed by cleaning some drains. You never know, like Mm -hmm. scraping some leaves or Mm -hmm. digging out a A tank. tank. Yeah. (laughs) Be open to any job. Mm -hmm. I'd say just, you know, take that chance if you were considering working a harvest. It'll help you understand maybe appreciate wine a little more Mm -hmm. just what goes on yeah exactly it'll definitely give you an appreciation (laughs) and uh, always celebrate at the end of the harvest with some good bubbly yeah (laughs) yeah some clean savers and some good bubbly well thank you all for listening to the ripe of wisdom podcast if you haven't followed us already we got our socials and they are up so at ripe with wisdom on instagram and also on spotify and other stations that you listen to podcasts on we got more content coming we gotta we gotta get everybody on here tell yeah. you anybody we can think of anybody who's worked hard with get them on <laughs> true true yeah come have a glass with us yeah. uh, don't forget to you know get your six plants this is yeah, don't we're, forget to get your we're cali legal here get your plants planted all right <laughs> cheers